going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the Rocket Mortgage. There we go. I remember this time. I remember. It took me a minute, but I remember this time. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, as usual. I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Oh, I couldn't love you more right now, Kenny. You know why? I'm very superstitious. If you remember last week's show, you forgot the opening, you forgot the course. I said it's going to be a good week. Got the Fantasy Golf World Championship round three into round two. So now you did it again. That must mean I'm going to Memphis, baby. So we'll see after this week. But excited to be here with you as always, man. we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by FantasyNational.com. Head on over to FantasyNational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first payment. Like I said, if you go annual, basically wraps you around all the majors the whole year everything like that so check that out kenny i, I don't know how you want to talk about this fina won but yeah he, i mean he won he definitely won he did his thing he closed it out piercy just epic implosion at the end i know he had the blister and all that talk the day before but it was just bad for scott piercy after that shot poor him but look fina has been deserving he's been on the other side of this plenty of times he definitely played well i'm not giving the guy shit I love Fino. It's hard not to love him, especially as a human being, just the way he talks about it and off the course and everything. He's so fun. Great attitude. But what, what were your thoughts on the 3M Open last week? Yeah, I mean, Fino shot 66 on Sunday to get the win. It should have been 64. Uh, the guy, I don't know why. He got lucky as hell on 17 and 18. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. 17, that ball not going in the water. I don't know how. I don't know how that ball didn't go in the water uh, on 17. Gods are looking at him. 18, he Breaks out the driver for he could have went seven iron seven iron wedge, you know what I'm saying? And had a birdie yeah. putt. But he he could he could have went seven iron seven iron wedge and had a birdie putt if he wanted to. Uh, instead, he breaks out the driver, hits it in the water again. Uh, luckily, he was smart enough to lay up on his next shot and just play for the up and down for for par, which you know he missed and got a bogey. Uh, but you know it was up four strokes at that point in time, so it really didn't matter. Scott Piercy, at one point on the front nine, late in the front nine. He was 20 under par. He was five he up finished, after nine, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think he finished 13 or 14 under par. So he lost six or seven strokes in the last 10 holes. Uh, with that triple on 14, that basically ruined his day, ended his chances right there. Um, and Tony did his thing. Grio was up there, got a little lucky this week. Uh, another winning week. Been having a bunch of those the last couple of months. Lots of winning weeks for me. I think I've only lost maybe like twice uh, in the last couple of months, maybe three times. Uh, I'd say in the last like 10 weeks. Uh, it's been a pretty, pretty good run here uh, recently. Uh, and I got lucky this past week, plain and simple, just pure luck. Uh, because, you know, I didn't really have any GBP sweats, nothing really big in my cash lineup. Cash, but only three or six made the cut. <laughs> three of my cash, cash game cornerstones missed the cut. And I still cash on a week where four of six or better in cash was 60% of the field. Uh, and, you know, in double ups, which I played only 40% of the field win. Uh, and I got lucky because I had Finau and I had Grio uh, in my cash lineup to go along with Bryce Garnett. Uh, those are the only three guys that made the cut. And that was enough to easily cash, which is funny, easily cash. Uh, still, you know, that type of sweat isn't the funnest sweat. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't easy cash until, you know, about the 13th hole when, Piercy triple bogey and Finau and Grio went to one and two in the leaderboard. Uh, that type of sweat, not that fun because you know, you know, if you if I lose that sweat, I'm losing for the whole week, no doubt. So cash cash game sweats aren't 
the funnest thing to deal with. Uh, but it worked out for me. Uh, good week, solid week. I know you had a fantasy golf world championship lineup advance to the 150. I think it was what, 69th? 69th, baby. That's the good nice. mojo going in the next. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. And you talked about it. It's funny you just mentioned that because it's that that's the whole thing about round one, right? It's a cash game. It's the top 150 teams of 300 move on. I don't know how people play cash. It was the absolute most stressful week. Just even get it. I was like, after day one, I was like, if I even get one through, I'll be happy. Day two came around. I was like, it's not looking good in the morning. And then it just flipped. And all of a sudden, like the last minute, little things almost even got Laird to the house. I had Laird on the lineup where it was like, if I can just get him, I'll be six of six and locked in. He did not get through on the line. He missed an 11 footer and a 12 footer at 17, 18, but that sweat was not fun to get, even to get it to the five of six. I had some leverage built in. So it turned out. Okay. Didn't play all the chalk instead of Spence and steel that everybody played. I flipped it to Todd and Laird, which I, I, it's not ideal on paper, but I know you need a little bit of leverage in those spots, but just going back to this for one second, this tournament too, like down the stretch, you talked about it. I just thought about this right now. Finau, on 17, not only did that thing almost zip back into the water, and then you mentioned the driver on 18. Now, the driver thing I'm okay with because he was up so much, it didn't matter. If you guys remember last year, Cam Champ also pulled driver up, and it was like he went wide left. It wasn't the water, but it was very easy. Click it out, click it up on, make par and win. Like, he could have made bogey. It didn't matter, and so that's fine. But if if Fino had to went in that water on 17 and still did driver and all that, and then, Kenny, you tie it back to, did you watch any of the, or track any of Sung J.M.? Because I had him, and a lot of people were sweating him big time in the world champion, in the fantasy golf world championship round three, there, or round one, if you will, I guess, like try and get through to round two. And on 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, you can go check the stats, uh, the first five holes of the back nine, he missed from eight feet, eight feet, no, sorry, five feet, eight feet, eight feet, 10 feet, 11 feet. That was the first five missed putts. Lost like almost a stroke on every hole because of that. So it was like, man, this guy is just killing. And he only ended up losing by three. So it could have been another Sung JMW and it just didn't end up happening. Good for Vina, like I said, but you know, cra- crazy event. Otherwise it wasn't really like, it's what we expected from the three M open. It's a, a decent field, had some names up there that we know, but nothing that exciting for me otherwise. So I, I didn't get a lot out of it personally. Yeah, it was weird. You know, the, 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 the pricing was strange. Pricing very similar to this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the way it happened was like three guys over 10 K I, I ended up by the end of the week, just being like, forget it. I'm just going to start all my lineups with one of, th- one of these three guys. I had 33% Finau in GPPs, even though I had them in cash. That's a rarity. Uh, yeah. Very, very rare. Uh, I just felt like these three guys were, and of course I had Decky. So I had 30% Decky too. Uh, so De- the WD yeah. on him, I forgot yeah. about that, but it, that killed me on the, on the tournament scene for sure. Uh, I, play, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't yeah. play him in the, in the world championship, but I was like no. everything else. I was fine with taking a risk on him. It just did not, I was so bad actually. Like, I don't yeah. know what happened. And then he said that he was out. So, you know, WD yeah. of course, but yeah, the pricing is similar this week. Only nine guys. We'll get to it obviously, but nine guys above nine K. So, you know, I think it was seven last week, which was even less, but we'll see. And who knows if there's a WD or, anything waiting still to come out. There's been a lot of changes to the field already. We'll see, but uh, you know, the field feels better this week. Like I, I like it. And I feel like there's more of a mid range here, right? We, we go back to it. Like last week was Finau M Hideki drop off. I kept comparing it to a little bit, at least to the Canadian open. And I should have followed that strategy. You should just note this for just week to week basis, Kenny. But like last week, it was pretty clear that the three guys at the top, you mentioned it, you played at least one of them. A lot of the guys, the best teams in the world championship just played Two of them played Finau and him together and dropped down because there were so many guys in the 7K range that were values that were literally like 
30 and 40 to one at the sports book. So it doesn't mean Vegas knows everything. The point was more that it, like you could build very good lineups that way. And it just made a ton of sense. And then of course, last week had uh, Tommy Kim, old, old Ju Young Kim there at 7,300 came out and got the job done for everybody. You know, he was 60% owned in that. He was heavily owned elsewhere and he made sure he got in the cut line and added one more for a bonus point on the last, almost had two chip in Eagles, but ended up getting through. So good for him. I mean, he's back in the field. will be a discussion piece later on at 7,600, but any other final thoughts for you from the three open before we move on? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the leaderboard, it's pretty funny. You have Finau and M one and two, and then we agree though tied. But then, like, Han, Hoagie. Hoagie, we, we thought about last week. I couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. But we definitely thought about it last week. I hope some of you guys did pull the trigger after talking about him. And then, so we had, what, Han, Hoagie, Piercy, Willett, Terrence, Sig, Hadley, Kraft, Malnati, Streb. You know what I'm saying? I think we see something similar this week. Uh, so you can see, and I sort of went that way with my cash game cornerstones this week and the way I'm going to go about uh, my lineup. So we'll go and talk about that in a little bit. But before we get there, let's go ahead and talk about the Listener League winner. His name was Connor Stevens. I think a Daily Roto um, avatar. Is Daily Roto still around? I don't even know. Uh, anyways, uh, Connor Stevens uh, was the winner of our uh, Listener League. He'll be in the uh, Tournament of Champions coming up real soon. Tam, we'll talk about that in a second. He had the winner, Tony Fina. Uh, 25% owned uh, Sung J.M. So he went studs uh, up top, 24% owned, uh, of course, finished in second. And he had Creo. <laughs> so so he had first, second, and second. Solid work. Rio was 10% owned. Uh, Troy Merritt made the cut, 49th place, 10% owned. Excuse me. Tom Kim, 28% owned, 26th place. And he went with Hogan. He had the balls. I had the balls to go with Hoagie. I didn't have the balls to do it. Uh, Hoagie finished in fourth, uh, 8.4%. Not bad. 9% on Hoagie. Pretty good uh, right there, comparatively, I think, to his ownership in regular tournaments and stuff like that. So solid work there, DJ Nation. Solid work, Connor Stevens. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, I like this one. This is what we just talked about. If you just stop back to it, like those first three. So you knew Kim was a value. You plug him in. You go to the top and pick your two. Most people had question marks around Hideki. So you go M and Finau and you just fill it out with the three others. Now he picked the right three. So congrats to him. I'm just saying in general, that was where you could go with it. Like, I think it was, um, I, I don't know if he left money here. I don't think by the way it sets up, but I think you could have played like Wyndham Clark in there and then drop it down to 7,000, like to Sig or Taryn. I can't remember their exact price, but that would have been about the only swap. But I did notice, you know, shout out to Connor Stevens, got him in, to the tournament of champions. I'll talk more on that in a second and he'll be in the three man, but I did just notice the craziest thing. So back to the fantasy golf world championship, Kenny, there was a massive, massive tie. So 135th to 151st, right? So a 16 way tie where one person gets booted on these crazy rules where it's like, they can't, they can't do it. They, they can't just give them an extra ticket. It's not fair to everyone else. So they had to have like a long list of how you got there. And without going through the whole list, it came down to, the last person to qualify. And unfortunately one of the gentlemen uh, did not qualify until the open last. So he was last and it just is what it is. So he gets 151st place money does not get in. It's how it shakes out. But I just noticed in looking at Connor Stevens lineup because he has Hoagie here, Hoagie went 67, 68, 66, 70. And you say, why does that matter? Right? Insert Windhurst. Well, if he made the birdie on the last hole, which was a very short birdie, by the way, Hoagie missed a shorty on the very last hole. 
And I just, it, it didn't even click to me at the time. Like I was thinking just what the birdie might be worth, but that was for a birdie and for the all four under 70 bonus, which is five more points. And I believe there was, a, there was lineups behind that train that would have passed them. And a lot of those guys would be without seats because it would have went to the tiebreaker rule on a smaller number and pushed a bunch more out versus just the one bubble boy. So sorry, sorry for the bubble boy. Sorry for, you know, happy for everybody else that got through it. You know, just a crazy thing that for those, sorry for those that hoagie, but that's pretty crazy when you think about it, he was that shorty away from advancing some other people there. So maybe those listening who were paying attention now will know, but yeah, tournament of champions. I'll get into that real quick, Kenny. It's going to be Wyndham or sorry, FedEx St. Jude. I did this last week. We're skipping the Wyndham. So this week and next week will be your last two chances to qualify for it. We'll have all the prizes, everything to announce. We'll get it rolling at the FedEx St. Jude in Memphis, Tennessee. That's when the live final is as well. Hopefully I'll have my seat through, but either way, we'll be running it that week. So uh, be ready for that last two weeks to qualify. And then it'll be the, the Lister League. Everything will just shut down till the, the fall swing or whatever. We'll just get it back when we go into that. But that, that'll be something to keep your eye on and keep, keep on the lookout for. That's all I got, Kenny. All right, that sounds good. Let's get to this week. Let's talk about uh, the PGA Tour heads to Detroit, Michigan uh, for the Rocket Mortgage Classic from the Detroit Golf Club. Uh, it's the fourth time this event has been played here, so we're starting to get a feel of how the course plays. The first two years, absolute birdie fest. Nate Lashley won by six strokes with a score of minus 25. Uh, in 2019, the course was wet and soft uh, due to frequent rain leading into the event. And while the rough was still, you know, three and a half, four inches, uh, it didn't really stop people were breaking out the big stick off the tee. Uh, two years ago, Bryson and Wolf torched the course and 11 golfers shot minus 15 or better. Uh, last year, the win was up uh, and the winner was still minus 18 and more than half the people that made the cut finished double digit under par. And that's with like 25 mile per hour gusts like every day, uh, all four days of the event. Um, you know, uh, this week, you know, probably looking like... Um, Looking like, you know, 20 mile per hour gusts on Thursday and Friday, but prime scoring conditions uh, during the weekend, hot weather, uh, you know, uh, lighter winds. There has been a fair amount of rain in Detroit this summer, uh, and the weather looks a bit stormy this week, so wet conditions are in play, uh, which should lead to many darts thrown onto the green, no matter from the fairway or the rough. Um, usually in these type of events, a hot putter gets a job done. So this causes a lot of volatility. Uh, basically, this event is wide open and long shots are definitely in play, especially when considering how short the course is. Personally, my betting card does not really <laughs> match what I just said there, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, bombing, definitely going to help you, uh, but don't let the 7,300-yard length fool you. The par fours only average around 420 yards in length, and the two shortest par threes and par fives, short knockers with hot putters, and a solid wedge, wedge game definitely in play. Uh, Detroit Golf Club was designed by Donald Ross. And as the usual, trademarks of a Ross course, tree-lined fairways, numerous fairway bunkers in the tee-shot landing zones, undulating fairways and greens, and a somewhat even blend of longish and shorter holes. Uh, the course is 7,300-plus yard, par 72, with four par threes and four par fives. Two of the par fives are around the 550-yard range and should be reached in two uh, by most golfers in the field. Uh, the par 5, 17th, a little bit longer, 580 yards, but still should be reachable in two with a strong drive. The par 5, fourth hole is well over 600 yards and will probably be a three-shot hole for most. Uh, two of the par threes are on the shorter side and two are well over 200 yards. Seven of the par fours range from 395 to 455. 
two range from 465 to 480, and one of the par fours is close to 380 yards. With four par fours, oh, I'm sorry, with four par fives and several longer par fours, I'd expect to see driver pulled out on close to half the holes each round. Uh, the average distance off the tee here has been much higher than normal uh, in normal tour events. Now, off the tee golfers will see many straight holes, not too many dog legs, with average fairway width and fairway bunkers in the landing zones. The fairways have a bit of undulation in them, so many approaches will come with awkward stances. And if golfers miss the fairway, off the tee, they'll have to deal with three and a half to four inch rough and some trees. The rough hasn't led to tough scoring conditions as the winning score the last three years, as I spoke before, was minus 25, minus 23, and minus 18. If golfers miss mildly, wildly with their driver, they could catch a break as drives that miss the fairway by like 20 plus yards could land in fairways on other holes, leading to fairly easy iron shots over trees. Uh, now, on approach shots, golfers will see less than average size greens with bunkers surrounding most of them. The greens slope heavily from back to front. It's another Donald Ross staple with a stip meter rating of around 12 and a half. The majority of all approaches will be from inside 150 yards. So if you look at the wedge play here, like 125 to 150, 100 to 125, 75 to 100, all are more, more of those shots then a, a typical tour event happen at this course. Now, any, everything above it, like 175 to 200, 150 to 175, all of those are less than a normal tour event. So lots of wedges, lots of short irons uh, at this course. Uh, the Poa Bent blended greens have heavy undulation, so it could be a tough putting week for some, depending on how difficult they make the pin locations. If you're looking for correlating courses, uh, Sedgefield Country Club, which is where the Wyndham is, and East Lake, where the Tour Championship is, are the other two Donald Ross courses played every year. You might also want to look at TPC River Highlands, where they play the Travelers. It has the same Bent Poa blend type greens. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? The scoring, you talked about it already. It doesn't it seems to like not matter, like you mentioned, because it's last week, but without water in a sense, where they just put it out there, find their way around. I think one of the more interesting things to look at was just talking with another buddy about this pre-show, and I think it is an interesting angle, is of course, people are going to look at the par fives here, right? Obviously, there's four of them. We talk about that. That's where the scoring comes from. But uh, one of the interesting notes is you talk so much about those wedges and the irons and stuff like that. And then, of course, putting uh, is the elephant in the room here is the obvious. The high variance to this week is associated with the putting. It's because it's not the guys who putt the best get to the top. Not rocket science. I'm saying that it's not always the best putters that putt the best. That's where people have trouble with it. So looking into who's the best putter may or may not help you, but they're, the best putters will be at the top. But with that said, par three scoring. So there is four par threes. You talk about all those holes. Some of the par fives even have longer shots in that like that you have to have, have it in three. So I think these irons, these wedges, and then these shorter putts, the five to 10 footers. Well, anyone who scores well on par threes is typically going to have to have all of those, those assets, right? They're, they're going to have to be able to score that way. And so I think that's just another angle to take it from or, or a way to approach this week. So I'll be looking a little bit more into that in the end, Kenny, the pricing has been, so interesting this week and last that I think it actually matters more than just like a cliche thing of saying like it's changed up. People always forget this, but we're playing a game against other people. Like we pick guys and I get all that stuff, but at the end of the day, we have to figure out what we're doing against the field in all the tournaments and, and cash games and things like that, that we're playing. What's everyone else doing? How can we beat them? And to me, the ownership, the roster construction, like last week, just thinking back the Finau M Tom Kim situation, you just set up with those three. It left you basically where you had to play 
three other 7K guys or an 8K, a seven and a six. Like there was ways to get there and build differently. My point is more, you kind of get the gist of what the roster construction is going to be. We'll talk through some of that here as we get to the tiers anyway, but it is a little bit more of a mid, there is, I should say, a little bit more of a mid-range here where I actually think there there is guys in the 9K range, 8K range uh, that can definitely go out and win this thing. So that to me changes the dynamic a little bit. And that will be something I consider heavily with ownership and roster construction this week. Sounds good. Let's go. Should we go 10K and up or 9K and up, Tambo? Let, let's do 9K and up again. I think it's 9,100 and up. They couldn't even get mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. guy at 9K this week. There's just no need to put them at that price. All right, I'll go ahead and start. I got two of my cash game cornerstones, and I'm going two of my cash game cornerstones in the 10K range. I'm going, uh, and the thing is, I don't even have to look at the stats. I don't even have to look at the numbers. These are sort of, I just feel like these two guys are due for a win. And it's not surprising one of them is Will Zalatoris, okay? Uh, I think a win is coming for him, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and put him in my cash lineup. I know there's some worry about how he plays in non-major events. I think that's a fluke. He he has to go out there. He knows he needs a W. You know, I mean, he's, he's got his card. Uh, but, you know, he wants that W. He wants to get that monkey off his back. This field, this course, seems like it could be something where he could do it, even though he finished 77th, dead, dead, dead fucking last, last year, this course. I'm still not worried about it. I'm not looking at anything else but the feeling I have in my gut that these two guys are going to win. Uh, these one of these two guys is going to win. And my second guy is Cantley up top. I mean, if you look at Patrick, I think outside of the majors and the players, he has one start where he finished outside the top 10. One. Yeah. One start where he finished outside the top 10, but no wins this year. He's close. Uh, He's been close. And I think he's going to get a win. I actually bet him as the betting favorite. I never do that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that this week. And, uh, you know, I got him at eight to one because I use DraftKings Sportsbook. There's better numbers. You could probably get them around 12 to one uh, somewhere out there. But yeah, those two guys I'm starting with in my cash game cornerstones. I'm going to play Fina. Uh, Tony um, matches up with everything I'm looking for uh, this week. You know, lots of birdies off the tees. Fine. Really good from 400 to 450 from 125 to 150. He's strong. Uh, and hopefully people, you know, go off of them for the winner thing where people win and don't play him again. You see that a little bit less nowadays in DFS because people are getting smarter. They know that, you know, it's not that simple. The thing is you don't have to worry about Tony going out and partying and drinking and doing crazy shit. He was out doing the ducky with his kids in the minivan on the drive home. That was his celebration. You know what I'm saying? Last time he won, he went to fucking McDonald's. And I tried to, if you remember the last time he won, no, no Tony Finau challenge this week because he didn't say, <laughs> he, did, he did not say what he ate uh, after his meal, after his yet. W. Yes. Uh, that's true. That, uh, yet. Uh, but yeah, I got no problem. The, the one guy that interests me a lot is Homa because I think ownership wise, he's stuck between Cameron Young and Cam Davis. I love Cam Davis. Uh, I bet Cam Davis also 35 to 1. Uh, I'll take that bet on a guy who's been playing exceptionally well here recently and who won this event last year and his game looks like it's suited for this course. I'm, I'm using Cam, uh, but, you know, Cam, uh, I'm sorry, Cam Young. I'm sorry, Cameron Davis uh, is who I'm using. You know Young's going to be popular. I worry about Cameron Young's wedge game, uh, probably the weakest part of his game. I expect him to be exceptionally highly owned. He's probably going to be a fade for me. But – I know that he's going to be high owned. I know Cam Davis is going to be high owned. 
right in the middle is Homa. You know the guy can win. Still not sure if I'm going to go down and actually click his name. What do you think about Homa? Do you think he's going to be the lowest owned out of these top six guys? I certainly hope so. I I have a lot of love for Homa here. I just think yeah. it's one of those interesting cases where it's like it's not something you'll always put him into the mix with, right? You don't think about Homa and a birdie fest. You think about him at like Wells Fargo at, uh, you know, when he won right. the Genesis, the majors. Six, showed up in the six, past, but... six and birdies are better game in the field in the last 50 rounds. I got him on a lot here. I got him across the board. I do think because of these models and stuff, he will pick up steam. But I'm just saying, and, you know, if you look back, though, missed cut, 16th, 47th here, only came 25th and 42nd. Like, you think they won't go there. But the biggest thing that interests me, I just talked about, he's one of the best in par three scoring. He's one of the best from five to 10 feet with the putter. Uh, one of the best on par fives. One of the best birdies are better. Third on approach. This is all in the last six months. So just because it doesn't pan out in different ways, I think that, again, when you mentioned it, Cam Young, Willie Z, Cantley, Cam Davis, there's some Adam Scott love, which we got to talk about him too. But there's definitely a lot of options here that people can go to. So I just don't think you can get enough on all of them. And we know some of the ones that will get a higher number. The Zalatoris thing is just never going to end for me here. But at the end of the day, Kenny, this is what I always say, like, everyone's like, oh, it's like a running joke now. Like he actually can show up in these birdie vests. He's done well. And it's just a matter of this. It, it, what is true is if you look back at his numbers, I pulled them up here again. Like if you go to the Amex, he came sixth. You go to Sanderson Farms, 14th, the Fortinet, 11th. The point is that all those, he's losing what, well, at the Sanderson Farms, he actually gained with the putter, but at the Fortinet and the Amex, he lost about a stroke and a half. If he finds the putter, that's where it's going to dunk all over me. But I'm just saying at 10-4, that's what you're risking, right? And it's funny, if you go back to a lot of the easier courses, it's the same thing it's always been, is the putter. So um, I'm not saying to go off of him here. It's a first look like we always do. I'm going to take everything into consideration this week. Obviously, He's, you know, I don't have any worry about him making a cut. I don't have any worry about it. Like if he does find the putter being in the mix, it's how does he compare to what's around him when we just talked about Cantley going back to the well on Finau. Cam Young is right there. Like you talked about Cam Davis defending champion. And then the one thing I wanted to talk about with Adam Scott on this first look is we always said this, Kenny, like Adam Scott in the little bit weaker fields, like remember he showed up to Wyndham that yeah. time and he ended up missing the five footer and losing. Like hey, he didn't even make another the Donald Ross course. Another Donald Ross course. Right. Yeah. But even after, you know, if you want to, some people don't want to compare those. I would just say at the end of the day, same designer, but if you just more so strength of field, someone posted today, like here's what Adam Scott plays in. And it's like 10 of the nut events, like the best events on tour. And then it's like, he randomly picks these couple of one-offs and he typically shows up at, at in, in the weaker strength of fields. And now this is a little bit stronger. It's stronger than last week for sure. But if you just look back, like his stats still look pretty good across the board. Uh, doesn't actually score that well in the par threes for my, my earlier thoughts, but 15th at the Open, 14th at the U.S. Open, 4th at the Genesis earlier this year. Like you go back to that window when he came second. It is interesting to look at it from that perspective. So did you have any interest in Adam Scott? And then yeah. what about Kisner and Bradley at the bottom? Because they're popping in the stats and Kisner, I think people just always like, but what, what are your thoughts on those two down at the bottom? I mean, the thing is, if I'm going to use Cantley, Finau, Zal, Torres, Homa, Davis, and Scott, I can't use anybody else. Yeah. So those are the six guys I'm going to use up top in my 60 lineups. Now, how I'm going to spread it out, I still haven't decided, uh, but those six guys I'm going to use. Uh, and, and, and I have no problem using that. I think maybe like 25% Cantley, 25% Finau, 20% uh, Zal, Torres, and maybe... 30% home with 30% Davis, 
something like that, you know, and then try and get my lineup generator to go ahead, hopefully be able to plug all those people in that I want. Uh, that's going to, that's probably the way I am going to go uh, about it. Uh, okay. Re- real quick, then let me just say this because I'm not going to skip ahead on purpose, but just to explain something quickly, because I think this is where we want to interject with roster construction is like what you just said. It's so easy to build with two of those guys. We're coming off a week where we just saw that be the nuts, basically. If you just played the two at the top and dropped down. Now this week, not to skip out on purpose, like I said, but if you go down to the 7K range, Chris Kirk, Stallings, Tom Kim, Merritt, Steele could have a flop leg, Pendrith, Vegas, Goderup, CT Pan. I'm going to do a quick run through. Um, Nick Hardy, Svensson, Clark, we'll talk about. Gim, Luke List, Sig, few others. Hank Lebiota, like there's names down there. So my point is, I think it's very easy to build with what you talked about. Pick your two up there, even if it includes like a Davis with a Cantlay. Not saying it can't work. I'm saying if you think that it's that easy, and I just explained why it is, I would look at some of this and it segues us into the next range. But to me, Kenny, it says that the Scots, the Bradleys, the Kisners, and then this 8K range we're about to go into pretty much have to be overlooked, right? Like you could go a 10K guy with two 8Ks and three sevens. I think that's unique too. But I think a lot of people will be able to fit a 10K and 9K and skip the eights or be willing to go back to what you just talked about and play Cantlay, Zalatoris, and just drop down again. And maybe they play Cam Young instead or Homa instead. But you get what I'm saying with roster construction, yeah, right? I think the way it's looking right now, if you go Keegan Bradley down to... Uh, Woodland? Yeah, I mean, but the thing about it is, like, I feel like Sahith to get some steam. But that might be it in the 8K range. You know what I'm saying? What do you think the 8K range, you think that could be a dead zone? It, this week, it feels like it. Because, like yeah. I said, with the 7K... It just worked last week. You can easily do it. And the 7K range is loaded. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm so, saying so, that- so, I mean, the thing is what you can do if you want to think about it is, is, is go a little bit balanced, play more of these AK guys. And it's definitely going to be unique. I'm, I'm do- saying that I'm not saying I love all these guys, but just to point out like Denny McCarthy, Mav McNeely, Thigala, Riley. And then you're looking at it like, okay, maybe that's where the win equity might be. But then you've got Tringali, Hadwin Henley as some like that, like second or third guy in value plays that definitely could work out for you. And who knows, they could get lucky and spike something. But I, I, I'm just saying, I don't think it's as much of a dead zone as last week was like, what last week was Brendan Steele chalk at 8,300. Like that was just a value play. It wasn't really like the win equity last week was clearly at the top. Finau, M Hideki, even with question marks on Hideki, you felt pretty good. If you got two of those guys in and started there this week, I think people will stick to that when I'm just saying, I think there is guys in this 8K range, like McNeely could get a win. Thigala could get his first win to me as much as, who did you talk about earlier? Like Zalatoris or, uh, you know, Cam Young. They've played better in majors that outdo him, but this ain't a major. Maybe Thigala does spike and get his W here, like off of a bad week last week where everyone liked him. Now you go back at a cheaper price. He's down to 8,700. Davis Riley. To me, Davis Riley and Zalatoris, look, not in majors. But at this tournament, it's not a major. Could Davis Riley come out and get his first win at 40 to one? I, I definitely think so. So I think yeah. there's opportunity. Riley, Riley would range. be the first click for me in the AK range. Let's go ahead and move on. Yeah. Uh, the, Riley would be the first click for me in the AK range. I also like Webb. I feel like he, he's back healthy. I know he missed the last couple of cuts, but the price seems cheap for a guy. I, I don't think his, you know, his career's over or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? The guy still has talent. He still has skill. Uh, you know, I, he's still what? top 15 and approach play in the last 50 rounds in this field, lots of birdies. Uh, I can get down with Webb. 
uh, down here. And I think Hubbard will be popular. What are you going to do with Hubbard? I don't know if he'll be popular because he's You don't think so? Well, I know the WD was for no reason. He basically gained his points. He got to 81st in the FedEx Cup. That's what, you know, his brother is the guy posting it on Twitter saying not so fast. He's about to WD, like letting the world know. So Mm. I think that, you know, he's going to be fine and healthy. But again, like I said, how does he get super popular here? To me, will he be popular? Sure. But it's what people confuse, like what is actually chalk and like what's just a guy getting ownership. Everyone gets some sort of ownership. But when you look, Chris Kirk is right below him. Davis Riley Hadwin. People will go back to Tringali. Don't forget his, his course history or 14th, 30th, and 5th. So you got something like that. The Gala got a little cheaper. Mav, people like. And then you drop down and all those guys in the 7K I mentioned. I just think he gets standard ownership. Like, I don't so, see him getting super popular. So Henley's probably going to be number one in everyone's model, right? Henley? He hit, what, what's up? Yeah, where's he? Hit? Yeah, where's he in your model? I got him at 11th right now, but I'm weighing shit way differently. He'll be popular yeah. in models for sure. I have him as number one. Now, yeah. the issue is his last three events were the three majors. What has he been doing? It's not like he had a win and he could chill and rest on his laurels. Like, he's just been straight straight chillaxing this summer. He's only played – in his last three events, he's played three events in three months. Yeah. This could be, though, um, you know, good, good point. I'm not to cut you off, but I think it's a great one you brought up here. Henley looks bad on everything else. Has, you know, what is it? Miscut at this course the one time he played it. 62nd miscut 60th 41st not showing up anywhere does that remind you of anyone that was popping in a model last week that we you talked about just a little while ago said we were on hollywood who hollywood hollywood hoagie was that guy last week we all said it we all saw it but it was easy to just stick no no one played him i don't think i can do that there's just Uh, so many other options you won't need them right yeah, well, I mean, Henry's that guy. Ninety-six and a half DraftKings points later, and a short, yeah. short birdie on eighteen uh. away from all four under seventy to crack a hundred. It's just a prime example. Doesn't mean it'll happen, but you look and, like you said, those stats look pretty I mean, good. He's by far the best wedge player, like from like one hundred to one fifty in this field. Yeah, there's no one better, uh, at least in the last fifty rounds. Yeah, uh, and he's yeah. middle of the pack for par three for my stuff. Like just giving you mm-hmm. an example, but for the other stuff, the the short putting, the five to ten footer is not so great. But that's something that's the whole point. He's such a good wedge player, and he gets gains so many opportunities, so good on approach in general. Every single one of those, like from 75 to 150, he's second, 30th, and fourth in all those buckets. So really just average it out, just say top 20 guy in the field in that, if not better. And so the point would be, like, if everyone's going to overlook it, I think that's something to remember on Wednesday when you see ownership and are building your lineups. Yeah, let's go on to the seven k range. Why don't you go ahead? Real quick on the 8Ks, just to give an idea right now, but I definitely, you know, I'm interested in seeing ownership on Tigala, Riley, Tringali, all guys that people liked last week, all three guys, I believe all three guys missed the cut, right? Yeah, uh, that, that's the entire, that's the other reason it's a cut, kind of a dead zone, because don't forget about casual players and people just coming in that say, oh, the guy missed the cut last week, he's not going to be good this week. Some of them, if you got you got to dig a little bit deeper, like Tringali, I'll give a quick thing on him, good course history, so maybe he does get some flop leg uh, with ownership even, but like last week, Lost two and a half strokes with the putter, solid everywhere else. Gained almost half a stroke or more in every other ca- category. Uh, Riley, if you go back and look, uh, D- Davis Riley, what did he do? Uh, nothing really, but round two, almost like gained almost a stroke on approach, solid around the green. Nothing with the putter, missed on the number, I believe, or very close to it. And then Thigala for the week was just not good. But plus, I mean, he shot four over. He could have been in the mix. He, he needed to do a little bit more, of course. So uh, maybe like Riley, Tringali, Hadwin, Henley, those, those are sort of the four 
that stand out to me right now. Did you have a take on Denny though at the top? Denny, Denny McPutz, if I you mean, will. Everyone, everyone the guy's loves that about been him. Playing really, really well. I mean, his, he had one of his better ball striking weeks last time he was out. You know, if you, if you can ever combine that ball striking and putting, I mean, the guy can win every week, right? <laughs> With as good of a putter as he is. Uh, so I, I think he's gonna gain some traction. I don't know if I can get in it in on it just because of the way i'm constructing my lineups with so many guys with six guys like 90 what 9400 and up uh yeah. 9300 and up it's going to be tough for me uh and, to fit him in there but i will see D- denny i was just gonna say because what you mentioned that's why i was curious because he's got six of seven made cuts and three of his last four made the cut at all the three of them finished sixth seventh and fifth yeah so three top sevens and so i mean and- the form is there yeah. It's hard for me to argue against it because, I mean, even though his stats aren't like the best, he's, his wedge play's not great. He's not really good off the tee. He's just been playing so well that, you know, I mean, I can't argue against him. We'll, we'll see if he ends up in my pool, but I can't tell you not to play him. And Hubbard's stats do look good. Again, if he does get popular, then so be it. Obviously coming in off the third and the 13th, I think he'll get some love. Like I said, but I just like I said, it's more of the dead zone factor and the fact that the 7Ks will be very popular again that it just may hold them in check, right? You may see 10 or 12% versus if people are thinking 15 to 20, it, you know, 20% is a massive difference from 10, right? When you're yeah. looking at how you're setting it up. Let, let's move on though. We can go to the 7K range. What do you got uh, in this upper 7K range, if you will? There's like 40 guys in here. So you yeah. can roll, roll so with for, what you got. So for the upper, you know, for the upper 7K range, I mean, Stalin is coming in hot, uh, good form. We'll see how how highly owned he is. It could be a, a pivot spot right there. If he's going to be, you know, 20, 20 plus percent owned, which I don't know, it could be possible with his price, the way he's playing in his form. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, so if you want to pivot off him, I sort of like Streelman, um, you know, if you look at his, uh, you know, if you look at his recent numbers, uh, they've been really, really good. In his last 12, if you look at Streelman, um, let me bring this up, you know, third in T to green, uh, you know, in the field. Uh, you know, ranked fifth in my model. Uh, so, I, you know, I'll go ahead and try a little bit of Streelman. Troy Merritt makes sense in a birdie fest. Good course history. I, I like him in cash. He's not one of my cornerstones, but let's just say he could be in my cast lineup. Hint, hint uh, about that one. So, yeah, I, li- I like Troy Merritt. Pendrith is interesting here. Again, another guy that you know has a talent, has a length off the tee, uh, gets a ton of birdies done. Uh, I like I like Vegas in a birdie fest. I think he's going to go under owned. Not many people are going to use him. His stats don't look great at all. Uh, but you know we've seen him in birdie fest go out there and just crush. You know maybe like a hundred miles north, uh, basically of where he is right now. Uh, pretty close proximity for those two wins that he had, where he just birdied the hell out of the course uh, in Canada for those two victories. Um, go ahead on this upper range. Yeah, I think a couple guys you didn't talk about. So Siwoo. 7,900. I like him. Uh, Chris Kirk stands out at 7,800. I think he'll be the guy that gets, you know, super popular 12th, 21st here last couple of years. It's like six or seven made cuts in a row. The price is right. The stats are there. He'll be popular. You have to make a decision on him. He could end up being though, like uh, a $7,800 version of last week's Brendan Steele at 8,300, where it's, you know, it's, you know, he's not, you, you expect that he's not going to go out and win this thing, but he doesn't need to at this price but then he doesn't actually come through on what you were hoping he would do, which is be that great value play for you at 7,800. So I would definitely keep an eye on that one. Stallings, the same reasoning. If you go down, um, Kim keeps coming through. I don't know how many more weeks we can do this with with Tom Kim there. He's at 7,600 now. They refuse 
to bump his price. Like the guy on paper, the, the recent form has just been solid last week, even with the water out there, he was still finding his way around. Like I said, I know he made it, you know, a little bit sweaty near the cut line, but it could have been sweat free. Like the guy almost chipped in a couple Eagles. Like everything looked solid with this game. So he's interesting. Uh, Merritt, who you talked about steel. I like it. Like that's the thing about steel, the flop leg there. Let me just go back to him while we're on here and look at it right quick. But steel was another guy. So he missed the cut, obviously, right. As we know, but day one was solid, lost four strokes with the putter day two, things went away completely lost two strokes with the putter, but he could find that and come back. Obviously the water did not help. Right. So you got that situation with him. Pendrith, who you talked about. Very interesting. I bet him this week at 80 to one, probably better numbers out there. But if you look, uh, 13th at the Barbasol, but then even at the Barracuda, a little sneaky 11th. So I, I think he's fine. He's back. He's healthy. If you remember the week before the Barbasol, I liked him quite a bit that, that week. I wanted to be on him ahead of time. The Canadian beat writer, if you will, for golf basically had said he'd been out swinging. He was ready to go. And I was pumped for that because people weren't wanting to, to find out. And then he was the late withdraw with the COVID positive test. So uh, unfortunately, didn't get to see it. People were like, oh, you're an idiot for playing him anyway. He wasn't even healthy. What do you do next week? 13th, now 11th. Like, you know, you got to take chances on those guys sometimes if you believe in their talent. So I do like that. And then I think Vegas was the only other guy there before. Well, he's 74. So I'll let you take over 7,400 and down. But I definitely am with you on Vegas at 7,400. Third cash game cornerstone is going to be Grayson Sig at 7,100. The guy's tee to green game and iron game has just been impeccable his last, you know, three or four events. Uh, So I'm just going to try and ride that. Uh, with him uh, on a course very similar to last week where he finished six, except there's no water, uh, you know, birdie fest, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, the guy is, uh, I think he's a solid player and I like the way his game is looking here recently, especially in his last three or four events. Uh, so I'll go ahead and take him as my third cash game cornerstone. I like Wyndham Clark a lot uh, this week. I think he could bomb it out there. His wedge game has improved here in the last, I'd say three or four events that he's played. Of course, his putting is, always been one of the best parts of his game. And then you also include the fact that he's really good from 400 to 450 yards on uh, par four efficiency. Uh, so I like Wyndham Clark. He might even be in my cash lineup this week. Uh, not one of my cash game cornerstones, but he could be there. I'm going back to the well on Svensson. Uh, you know, he still had a 25% birdie or better percentage last week. The only issue was he had a 25% bogey or worse percentage uh, last week with two doubles and a triple Uh, I don't think you're going to see those big numbers uh, that we see that we saw from him last week Uh, and the man just you know is a birdie machine Uh, so I'm going back to Svensson down here I I like Harris English I just think the talent at that price we know the guy was one, one of the top players in the game just less than a year ago went through injury he should be back. He had a decent showing, I guess, a few weeks ago. Um, it looks like he's healthy. Uh, at 7,300, I'm willing to take a risk uh, on, on Harris English uh, at that price. Callum Terrell has been playing very, very good golf here recently. Uh, what about Michael Thorbjörnson, uh, the yeah. darling from the, from the U.S. Open, right? I, I, I feel like I have to play him. What about you? Uh, what was it? The Travelers, right? I think it was the, I think it was actually the travelers when he, I mean, at the U S open fine, but I think it was, the, wasn't it the travelers when he showed up and just crushed. I don't remember. I know it was, it was on a major for one of them, right? I could uh, be wrong. Yeah. You're going to make me look it up because I, I, I have it up here anyway, but I thought that, uh, what's his, uh, Thor Bjornsson. Yeah. I'll pull it up while we go through it here. Uh, Michael Thor Bjornsson. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah. Fourth at the travelers. He gets 79th at the U S open back in the day. Um, 
but or no, so sorry, missed cut at the U.S. Open. It was fourth at the travel. That's what I thought. It was the travel. It was I started. Travelers. Xander okay. won it. He was up there. Hadley was up there. Who you talked about? So he. Hey, travelers, same greens, same grass. It is correct. Yeah, yeah, there you go. A little, a little correlation there. A little Can't, correlation. So of note, Wet Webb Simpson, Cantlay, Stallings, Kisner, Hadley, Thorbjornsson, Stigala, and that's it from sort of the top range. It was uh, JT Poston and Xander to round it out. But I also like uh, one guy that I saw there. He was down the list a little bit. I think he came, what was it, T8th? Nick Hardy. And we're in this same range. I'm going back to him. He, he's down near now. We was 8,000 last week. He's dropped to 7,300. Yeah. Uh, less trouble to get into here. Just yeah. a guy that can score like crazy. I think he makes perfect sense to go back to. Alex again. Smalley interests you at all? He interests me. Yep. I, I like him. I like Goddard up again. Like I said, Goddard up can score, man. Like it's just a matter of time. And so that's, you know, him, Smalley, CT Pan is interesting. Hardy. Who else? Um, uh, you know, I think I made on Ricky this week. I got to play a lot of these 7K, low 7K guys, just because I'm going to be starting a lot of my lineups. Yeah, yeah, you'll be on 9,400. So I got to be on, on a lot of them. I think, I, I think I'm in on Ricky. Uh, you know, again, Wedge play, probably one of the better parts of his game. Uh, so, so give me a little bit of a, 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 a of Rick and see if he can come back. I mean, he hasn't been playing, you know, horrible uh, out there. Uh, you know, he's been making some cuts. Uh, so you, I'll play a little bit of Ricky at that price. Yeah, Gim Clark, who you mentioned, Sig, all those guys look interesting. Patrick Rogers stands out as maybe a yeah. unique play down there. And then the other guy, funny that we we bumped into the the conversation around the guy at the top there with um with Henley being like Hoagie. But the other guy that I actually thought before we hopped on the show that was more like that is Luke List at 7,200. I'll I'll be on with Mayo tomorrow, so we'll talk through Luke List. But Luke List really pops in the stats, 19th at the Travelers while losing a million strokes with the putter and still finished 19th. He shot 68, 68, 70, and then a 65 on the last day and just lost a ton of strokes with the putter. So uh, just using that for fun, I'm just saying in general, though, when you look across the board, approach, opportunities gained, um, just in, off the tee, like he, he's got a game for a place like this and he can't get into a lot of trouble. We know he can score with the best of them at times. So I do think going back to a guy like Luke List would be pretty interesting as well. 7,000, not, nothing really right at 7,000. Maybe Shank, maybe, um, you know, back to, well, Kazire popped a little bit last week. Not, not too many guys here, though. Taron definitely have interest in. You talked about him. I bet him at a big number. I don't think it exists anymore, but I got him at 140. We'll talk about bets in a little bit, but I, I liked what I saw last week from him. And then I think that's it for me here, Kenny. What, what do you got? Because I think the 6K range, that's the other note, is a lot more playable this week than what we had last week. Yeah, and I'll start with my last cash game cornerstone in the 6K range. It's going to be Chesson Hadley. I mean, three top tens in his last five events. The best form he's had in years. Okay, uh, the strength of his iron game is not the best, but the strength of his iron game is his wedge play. Uh, he's made the he made the cut. He missed the cut the first two times he played here, but made the cut last year. So a little bit of improvement at least. Uh, and to get a guy who's finished, you know, top 10, three of his last five events and still be able to play Cantlay and Zalatoris in my cash lineup. I mean, and, and, and have Hadley be my cheapest guy. I'll take that every freaking day of the week. Uh, you know, so I'm, that's how I'm going to go about cash this week. My cash game cornerstones this week. 
are going to be Patrick Cantley at 10,700, Will Zalatoris at 10,400, Grayson Sig at 7,100, Chesson Hadley at 6,900. Still leaves you like 14,9, 14,8, somewhere around there to fill out the rest of your lineup. Plenty of, uh, of cash to fill out the rest of your lineup. And I already mentioned who I finished, filled it out with. So you guys know my cash lineup for the week. Um, other guys that interest me uh, in this 6K range, Lee Hodges, very, very talented golfer, a good finish here last week. Uh, I, I like him a lot. I think the talent is there. I think you'll see more of him uh, as he matures and gets better. You'll see him rise up through the leaderboards, uh, you know, on, on a weekly basis. So I do like him uh, a lot. Other guys, uh, Matt Wallace interests me here uh, a little bit, who's playing a little bit better, uh, had a good finish here in the past. Um, other guys, uh, give me a second. I know I had some down here. Uh, there was one, Chase Seifert is a guy that I like this week because his wedge play extremely solid. Not many people are going to be using top 25 in both 100 to 125 and 120, proximity from 100 to 125, 125 to 150 in this field in the last 50 rounds. I'll go ahead and take that as 6,500 golfer every day when wedge play is going to be so incredibly important. Uh, so I like Chase Seifert. Um, at 6,400, and uh, Andrew Novak, another guy whose wedge play, definitely one of his strengths, uh, has had some decent finishes here uh, recently, cheap, 6,400, uh, and then also, if you're going to go down a little bit more, uh, I guess my last little fire might be Camillo of Vegas, I mean, his game is not great, but again, the strength of his game is the wedge play, uh, he's second from 100 to 125, last 50 rounds, and 16th from 125 to 150, last 50 rounds in this field. Well, who do you like in the 6K? Yeah, I think this range is where you're just taking shots on the scoring, right? The upside, hoping to get that positive variance when it comes to the putter and find guys that you know can go low. And I think there's a lot of them here. If you just start, like Brandon Wu, a guy that we've been following for a little while, he can go low. Um, just to name a bunch right quick, like J.J. Spawn, I think he's interesting. Steven Yeager, he's interesting. Like, you, you can go through some others. Taylor Moore pops up. He's a guy that can go low. And then just going down through, I like Bramlett last week, go back to him. Who else is down here in this range? I was going to say um, the, the two or three others, Kenny, that would stand out just from like the numbers will show it. And I don't know if it will actually bear out or if it'll, it'll be a real thing, but like um, Seb Straka, Johnny Huh, Lee Hodges, and one more guy, Russell Knox. Those are the four, even though I don't think about them in that previous manner, like I talked about. And, you know, Seb Strzok hasn't played well forever, but he has a, he actually has a, a good course history here, eighth and 11th with a missed cut. But uh, just looking at that stuff, it's like Nate Lashley, too, of course, former winner. I, I should have mentioned him. There's like 10 to 12 guys down here that you could consider right out of the gate. I'm sure you can deep dive and find even more. I just think right now that's the way I would look at it. Like, would you how many of these guys would you play two at most? In, a, in one lineup or overall? One lineup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two at most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Two at two. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll probably rarely have that. Last week, I think I only played like three guys in the 6K range. This week will be a little bit more. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe six guys total, seven guys total. Yeah, uh, we'll I, sh I should note just even from my first look, I can tell you already, like as much as these guys, in my opinion, are more playable than last week, I still think there's a scenario. I talked about this last week and – Piercy, of course, the only guy that really came through from the 6K range at 6,900. So maybe you do the same for this week. But I did talk on the Wednesday show with Mayo last week saying, like, 
I could see just fading the entire 6K range. And sure enough, the 7K range was just a, you know, a print fest. Everybody scored, went off, made those two guys at the top work. Here we already talked about where we have a decent mid-range that I don't know if you just, no matter how much you love these guys, I don't know if you need to go down here. And if you were, again, go to 6,800 if you want and make some picks, 67 if you love a guy. But I think I counted 91, Kenny, and then there's still the, all the Q guys were, were bad. Like Nagel is back in again, Chris Nagel, who's like every week qualifier. But I think there's going to be 96 guys in this 6K range, 95 maybe because Michael Kim WD'd. But um, either way, if you can cross off 100 golfers, give or take, right out of the gate, I don't think you're hurting yourself because we named a bunch of guys in the 7K range and talked about a couple or you know, two or three different roster constructions that do not involve even requiring this range. So I don't know, T- take your pick from there. Those are some of the guys I like if you were to dip down, but anything else you got for the 6K range? No, nah, man, let's go to bets. So for this week, my betting card right now, as it stands, I bet can't lay eight to one. It's not the greatest number. Like I said, I use DraftKings sports, but you could probably get them. 11 12 to 1 uh at other places but i'm going to go ahead uh you know i use DraftKings. that's what i use i should probably shop around a little bit more but uh that's just the way it is i'm going to go ahead and use Cantley 8 to 1 i'm going to play cameron davis 35 to 1 um and then and then the rest are basically all bombs uh vegas uh 100 to 1 uh callum tarum 130 to 1 um harris english 130 to one Chesson Hadley 180 to one. There you go. Uh, your card's perfect for what you like this week. So that's awesome. Cause you're getting some good numbers there too. I know that Taryn already went down. I got him at 140, but I'll go through mine quick. I bet Adam Scott 33. Um, you know, like we said, I, I gotta, you know, got to go with the strength to field conversation that we talked about in the past. I think it is interesting. Again, it's stronger than your average, but it's not really, maybe not than your average. I shouldn't say that stronger than last week or what we're used to seeing this time of year, swing season and whatnot. But I still think it's a weak enough field that he could show up. Um, Riley at 40, like I said, I still, Riley and got her up. I got both these guys, 40 and 75 on got her up that I'm just betting them because I still think the number is big enough and it would not surprise me to get their first win as, as equal to the guys that we talked about at the top that obviously they played it better at majors, but again, it's not a major. So I'm okay with these guys finding their way through and getting the job done. Like, Cam Davis did last year, for example. Uh, Pendrith, 80 to 1. Taryn, 140 to 1. That's all I got for right now, Kenny. Five bets total. I'm definitely going to get in on the first round leaders, wait on the weather, see what we got going on. As of right now, the weather looks like a little bit of rain on Wednesday, maybe soften it up for Thursday morning. Winds a little later, but again, that can all change. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But for first round leader, I typically like the guys going out early anyway, unless there's crazy winds or crazy weather against them. All right, for one and done, I'm thinking Homa, Cam Davis, or Wyndham Clark. I like Wyndham Clark a lot this week. Go with Wyndham the week before the Wyndham. I'm thinking delete my account, probably never play it again because I'm absolutely horrible at it. It is the worst. It, it, to me, it's the hardest game. I, I, don't, I can never figure it out. I get the strategy. Like right now, I don't think it matters the picks. I think it matters you need to know how you set yourself up for the end of the season. Like I understand the strategy. I can never execute. I can never find the winners when it comes to one and done. It's much easier for me to put lineups together, figure out how people are building and try and leverage up that way than it is to try and figure out a one and done, but I'll take tips. If anybody has any, not the money kind I'm saying, give me the one and done tips. 
happy to learn. Hit me up in the DMs on Twitter, anything, because I'm I need to get better for next year, Kenny. It's atrocious every year. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the money a couple times, so I'm actually not bad at it. Uh, I think right now I'm still in the top 75 or something uh, in the Carbon Cup, so I still have a chance uh, in the Carbon Contest. So we'll have to see how that goes. It's just last week I used I used Fina the wrong week, yeah, because I used Fina two weeks ago. And then I used Hadwin last week. I should have probably flipped it around and done something like that. But anyways, um, uh, all right. So you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save 30% on a membership. Uh, Includes all sports. Football's gearing up. Those guys over at Gups Corner, they know what they're doing for football. Lots of winners this past week for golf. NASCAR's kicking ass. uh, MMA doing their thing. We, we got all the sports down there. It's all included. So go ahead. All, they got tools. They got the green machine, the lineup generator, some crazy. Uh, Gup does the, 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 the hot and cold for like weather, uh, weather positions, like where their tea time is compared to what he expect the weather is. And he lays out a color code. Green is all in. They're, they're in the best time. Goes all the way to red where they're in the worst time. Really, really good stuff for uh, – wave stacks and stuff like that where you know the weather is going to get involved so go check out cupscorner.com and you can find me on twitter at toe tag and tambo like i said hit me up there if you guys have any questions put the tidbits out every wednesday just the full thread of you know 10, 10 to 15 depending on the week what i find of the most interesting things across the industry for free content you can check it out there of course rumpuresports.com talk about it every week head on over there promo code dgen50 d-e-g-e-n-5-0 get yourself set up all sports one price in the discord we're going through it but the wednesday show there for golf especially right now is the most important we're talking roster construction with final ownership with the setup, basically setting up how it plays out for the week and what the best angle to take is. We have some really big weeks over there, so check us out for that. Other than that, I'll be on the Mayo Live Show chat tomorrow. We're doing it early this week. I might even be announcing it before he is, but that's fine. Got to get it out there. It'll be tomorrow at 12.30 Eastern is when we're doing it. So he's going away after that on Wednesday. So next week will be a little bit earlier, but we'll have a lot more data. I'll have the first run of ownership projections. I'll have a lot more conversation there around some of the stuff with roster construction and things that we were talking about here tonight. So looking forward to this week, Kenny. We're getting down to the end of it, but for the Fantasy Golf World Championship, trying to get in the top 40 of 150. So hopefully get the job done and can go down to Memphis, Tennessee with a ticket in hand for a one in 40 shot at $1 million. All right, good luck there, brother. All right, so we're headed up to eight mile. Rabbit doing his thing on the mic. Hopefully my golfers doing anything on the course. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Jordan Belfer. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.